The Florida Gators' next depth chart comes out tonight. We're going to talk about some changes that maybe should or shouldn't happen. Kind of predictions, kind of projections. We'll figure it out. Find out here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily, or watch actually, and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Happy Wednesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter with WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Line Sports and Giants Country of SI.com. And before getting into today's content, I would just like to thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Lockdown College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. And also like, comment, subscribe, review, whatever it is that you want to do. We're talking about depth chart changes. And here's the thing. The first one, quarterback. Okay. No changes. Stop it. That's stupid. Anthony Richardson is the best option available at quarterback for the Florida Gators. That ain't changing. Okay? I I get it. People are like, oh, he's underperforming. He's this. He's that. Ain't changing. It's it's Anthony Richardson. It's as simple as that. Running back, though, Montreal Johnson should be listed as the starting running back. Last week, I said, hey, we'll give it another week. Not yet. It's time. Montreal Johnson has, I mean, he's sixth in rushing yards in the SEC, and he's not even close to sixth in carries. He's eaten up yards per carry, got 9.6 yards per carry, if I'm not mistaken. He's a beast. And also, here's the thing. I I love Naquan. I think I've been the person pounding the table all offseason for Naquan Wright to be the running back one. I don't know if it's still that ankle that's bothering him. I don't know... If it's this new offense, this new system, if he's not just gelling with the offensive line, whatever it is. But Naquan Wright is not moving like Naquan Wright moved last season. He's not as quick, as shifty, as explosive, as dynamic, whatever you want to call it. Naquan Wright is being outperformed by both Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne so far. And I will continue to say that I'm not saying Trevor Etienne should be running back one or running back two over Naquan because I do think Trevor Etienne still needs to learn the rest of the playbook. By that, I mean, he's he's not coming in on just any formation. He's coming in on specific formations. I'm assuming it's because he's learned his package of plays that he's going to play in. And throughout the season, he will learn more and he will get added more into the offense. Uh, so I don't think Trevor Etienne should jump Naquan right yet. But Montreal Johnson should. Montreal Johnson has been nothing short of absolutely phenomenal this season. He deserves to be running back one of the Florida Gators. Looking at tight end, which is the last offensive position that we have. We have three offensive positions, including quarterback, none, running back, Montreal, and then tight end, Keon Zipperer, should be tight end one. I said this last week. I, I, I did say this last week. I said it should be Keon Zipperer listed as running back one, or listed as tight end one. Against South Florida... Keon Zipperer played more snaps than Dante Zanders versus, again, South Florida. So there's that. 
Kian Zipper played more snaps. Blocking-wise, I think Kian Zipper has been barely more effective than Dante Zanders as a blocker. Barely. I, I think Kian Zipper and Dante Zanders are basically even. It, 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 it's a push as to who's a better blocking tight end. However, as a receiver, Keon Zipper has been significantly more effective as a pass catcher. I know yesterday I did tape Tuesday and I broke down Justin Shorter ran the post. Uh, Keon Zipper ran the corner and it was a little scissors concept. And Keon Zipper did great play. Uh, I, I think that as a receiver, he's clearly better than Dante Sanders, and he deserves to be more involved in the offense. He should be listed as tight end one. Again, I don't know if he will be because they've gone 12 personnel so heavy that it makes sense to just list put them both, and it doesn't matter the order. But I do think Keon Zipper should be tight end one. Or he should at least be considered tight end one. I'll, I'll say that. Nose tackle. I said this last week as well. Desmond Watson. And here's the thing. Completely ignore the, the highlight play. The tackle where he, I think it was Brian Batty, where he picked him up and threw him to the ground. Completely ignore that. I don't care about a highlight play, and I'm not going to use a highlight play as saying, he should be the starter. No. Desmond Watson played more snaps than Jalen Lee did against South Florida by a considerable margin. Desmond Watson played, I think it was 35, and, and uh, Jalen Lee played, I think it was 26, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, so Desmond Watson is playing more already. Desmond Watson has significantly outperformed Jalen Lee as well. Um, and that's, I think that Desmond Watson, given the expectations going into the season, I think a lot of us that are being realistic about things were saying Desmond Watson is a massive human being that is likely going to be a run stuffer and not much else. But Desmond Watson so far this season has shown consistently that he can get into the backfield. It's just a matter of when will he become a finisher of plays. And we kind of saw that against USF a little bit. We'll see if it continues over to Tennessee. But Desmond Watson has been nothing short of a freak on the defensive line. 6'5", 420, 439, 415, whatever you want to list him as, Desmond Watson has been an animal and deserves to be the starting nose tackle on this defensive line. He's just been so good. I cannot stress that enough. I haven't been someone that, you know, I'm, I'm not like all off season. I was like, Desmond Watson's great. Desmond Watson's great. Desmond Watson's great. That's not, I'm not pushing this agenda. I'm telling you Desmond Watson has been playing like a freak and he deserves to continue to play more. Linebacker is the last, last position that we're talking about here. Derek Wingo or Shamar James. I know I saw it in the comments and I got DM'd about it too with Derek Wingo. I don't know why he's not playing. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a matter of his play. I don't know if it's a matter of his ability to communicate to the defense. I know yesterday in Tape Tuesday, I talked about Trevis Johnson was the one who told the defense to shift to the right when the offense were in motion. So I don't know if he's making the adjustments, um, which, by the way, I, I spent all offseason saying that I don't want him starting at star, but Trevis Johnson, kudos to you, man. He's been playing great. Um, but what I do know is that at linebacker, Scooby Williams, 
struggled against South Florida. He played a bad football game. And not just talking, like, I don't want you to look at PFF's missed tackles. I don't want you to look at any of that stuff. I want you to watch the film and see Scooby Williams kind of just try to guess pre-snap where the run was going and just shoot that gap. I know that there there's people who don't play or never played football. There's run fits. You have to fit those run fits in order to, you know, stop big runs. That didn't happen. Scooby Williams was not a communicator. Billy Napier last week said, you know, with Scooby Williams, this is an opportunity for him to step up and grasp a bigger role. I don't think he did enough to warrant getting a second opportunity. I'm not saying he's bad or he should be just completely taken out of the game. Rotate him in. That's fine. He should not be a starting linebacker. It should be either Derek Wingo or, if you're not comfortable with Derek Wingo, Shamar James. Because his Ventura Willer out, which at the time of recording has not been ruled out completely, but uh, I'm fairly confident in that he won't play this Saturday. Um, someone needs to step up as the primary communicator. I also don't know why they weren't just teaching Amari Bernie the calls and having him do it as the most experienced linebacker in the room now. But again, that's not my job. Derek Mingo or Shamar James should be replacing Scooby Williams as a starting linebacker. We are about to be joined by Hayden Hansen, Florida Gators tight end. He's here every week. Uh, been killing it, by the way. But first, a quick word from LinkedIn, because as the sun comes out and small businesses are back in business, LinkedIn Jobs makes it easier for you to grow your team. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the people that you want to interview faster and for free. If you've never used LinkedIn Jobs before, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. That's how I got my last job before I joined Locked On, which is way better now. But simple tools like screening questions makes it easy for you to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires with leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. And did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Joining me now on Lockdown Gators, as always with every Wednesday episode, is Hayden Hansen, Florida Gators freshman tight end. And we spoke about this last week where if we're just being honest about it, Florida should have blown out South Florida. Like that game, that should have been a runaway game. What was Billy Napier's message to the team after a close win that should have been a blowout? Uh, I mean, first of all, he just said that um, in this game, he said winning's always a royalty. He's like, it's rare. You gotta, you have to celebrate it. He said, we made it hard at times, and um, but he, he he said give credit to South Florida. They came out and played a good game. I mean, their quarterback's a solid athlete. Played at Baylor. Um, we knew that coming in. Um, they they played up uh, to our standard, and uh, I mean, we should have taken care of business. But um, we just made it hard on ourselves, and we're, we're still improving in practice. And we're always just one or two guys away from a huge plays happening, and uh, just little things that we'll fine tune. We'll be all right. But uh, his main point was to celebrate the win, no matter how ugly it was. And he said, because winning's always that's what you want. So. Yeah, ugly win, still win. So I'm I'm always going to be like, yeah, hey, we won. It doesn't have to look pretty, but long term, it's a win. Uh, what is the feel in the locker room right now? And I ask that specifically because, you know, great start to the year with the Utah win. Two 
underwhelming performances, but this is a team where I feel like every week you've been here, uh, we've talked about, you know, older players have said last year, this team would have been at each other's necks. What, what's the feel in the locker room right now? I think it's opened our eyes about how what Napier is talking about is coming to life. Um, there's been some adversity. I mean, just what the fans see, but even what they don't see. And, uh, I mean, we, there's really no talking behind each other's backs or he sucks, I should be playing. It's supporting the guys that are out there. And, and people that aren't playing, they understand their roles. And we all just execute. And, um, I mean, at the end of the day, you just got to – I mean, we're sticking together. Um, we, we're two and one. We're still ranked. It's not the end of the world. We still can get to where we want to be. We just got to win out. And that's our plan, so. And now this is the second week in a row for the Florida Gators where – the offense has struggled to consistently move the ball and consistently get the ball into the end zone. What are kind of the, what, what is Florida doing to approach this and get back on track and, and correct the issues so far? Yeah. So, I mean, um, in practice, we're just, we're getting really detailed in what we do with the dominant parts of our game, which are pretty obvious in my opinion to the fans that watch us. Um, we just we, – we got, we got a three-headed attack at running back. That's great. We have great receivers, one of the most athletic quarterbacks I've ever seen in my life. Um, just when, when, like what, what I always say is if we could take the Utah – our Utah offense that we played in our Kentucky defense and put those two together, that's a national championship team right there. So I just feel like we're, we're practicing hard. If we can get the, to those standards every week, I really don't see anyone that can stop us. But uh, – and that's just football, though. I mean, you're going to have off days, off games. It's just whoever can have the least amount of off games is going to win it all. So, I mean, that's, that's what we're doing. So, And I would actually like to know, because, you know, you mentioned the Kentucky def- – when the Florida Gators defense against Kentucky and the Utah offense, uh, in practice, is this rushing attack as explosive as it's been in-game, or is it, or is the defense kind of showing what they've been able to show? Oh, I mean, th- that, that rush is, is always there. I mean uh, – like myself, like I'm a, a freshman, some of the other freshmen, like after like the full good on good teams, we'll break off and we'll give the the defense some looks along with the other tight ends. Um, and I mean, dude, it's like you're having a long practice, you're tired, and all of a sudden you line up and beat Cox in your face, like ah, it just makes you better, you know. Like you can't be tired against those guys. Sap and then like if you let you give them an inch, they're gonna take a mile. So it makes it it makes me better at the same time. But I mean. They never let up, and I think that's what ultimately shows on game day with y'all, with y'all, with what y'all see. So, yeah, I can say, and I, I have no problem eating crow on this one. I spent all off season going, "Oh, Brenton Cox has got to like pick it up this year." Damn, that man has that has, uh, yeah. has turned it up this year. Um, yeah. Offensively, we we know that things have been messy, whatever that is. Uh, the run game has been explosive and consistently explosive. So. And not just in terms of effectiveness, but creativity-wise, it's been a lot of fun to watch Florida's offensive line just dominate people. And, and the scheme has been great to watch with all the pre-snap movement and the, all these, you know, split zone is a thing that I love here. What goes into kind of installing this offense with timing and execution and getting it as good as it's been on the ground? Yeah, so, I mean, it's just part of our routine after games Sunday's a big in- install period but we're always installing throughout the week like there's until like two days before there's never a day where there's not a new play and stuff it's just we keep it fresh we keep it based off of what the defense they run or what they've shown in the past and um that's about it we just we run that run into their looks and um just we just prepare that way I mean that's how we do it so 
And as uh, <laughs> shocking as it is, um, we're already a quarter of the way through the Florida Gators season, which uh, that that is yeah, your your first season as a Gator is <laughs> done. Just so it's crazy. What has been your biggest takeaway from this first quarter of the year? Just as a um, I mean, I got a couple things. Uh, I mean, obviously the the college game day is around here is one of the best. I mean, I can say that truly. The fans are amazing. The Gator walks amazing. And secondly, um, that just everything Napier appreciates me in recruiting, even back at UL, I now see he wasn't lying about anything. I mean, people kid like people we buy into him, the coaches buy into him, the fans are buying into him. Um and when you do that, good good things happen. Um he's he has been changing the culture around here. And um I mean lastly it's just the speed of the game. I mean things can go your way and then all of a sudden boom, no, it's just they're on the other other person's way and you try try as hard as you can to stop it and sometimes it's just not enough and that's when you learn to get back up, go back to practice the next week. It's just it's just in this in this league there's just so many good players and um, you, you always have to be ready and prepared to the fullest because that's it's gonna come down to because I mean talent versus talent. Who knows what to do? Who knows their role better? That's what it comes down to. So that's the biggest shocker to me. This past weekend, the Florida Gators were 24 and a half point favorites against the South Florida Bulls. They did not cover that. They were six and a half point favorites against the Kentucky Wildcats. They did not cover that. They were projected to lose to the to the Utah Utes, and they won that game. That was the only time this season so far the Florida Gators have been underdogs, and they won it. This weekend, the Florida Gators are 10.5-point underdogs against the Tennessee Volunteers, which I can tell you now, I think Tennessee will win that game. I think Tennessee will win that game even by more than 11. But I bet with my heart. So I'm going to put some money on the Florida Gators winning that game outright. If you want to do the same thing, head to bet online. Because it's just it's your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn all about the trends and action. Check out Bet Online. It's where the game starts. And how is this coaching staff approaching this week? Where dating back to the start of the year, Florida was, I believe, a three and a half point underdog to Utah, pulled off the upset, then favored against Kentucky by almost a touchdown, lost that one, favored by South Florida by. 25 won that one but obviously didn't cover that now the expectation is tennessee is going to win this game big so what is the approach in gainesville for this weekend yeah i mean so nothing i mean he hasn't changed anything that we normally do for this game nothing out of the ordinary but i mean he was just at their practice today he got, got us all up and he was just like i love going to someone else's house and beating the team he's in napier mentioned he had family in tennessee and um He's not, he's not the biggest fan of Tennessee, so, I mean, that's just he, – he wants to go in there and beat them. And, um, no, I mean, that's, that's about it. I mean, we, he's not changing anything. We don't we don't change anything for anyone specifically except for, like, the game plans. But uh, our routine's been the same, and we're just going to attack the game the same as we've been doing all season. Yeah, I mean, also, but who is a big fan of Tennessee? That's just – who would do that to themselves? Uh, do you think it's kind of – and if, or what advantage would it provide for the Florida Gators where you've opened the year with three games in the Swamp? Uh, the first two were absolutely rocking. Even this past weekend against South Florida when it was, you know, kind of a looked-past game by the fan base, still a, a pretty crowded Swamp there. And this is the first road game of the year. It's an incredibly hostile environment with Tennessee. So 
what is kind of the advantage there with the Florida Gators of playing in the swamp consistently and then going to another loud stadium? Is it kind of a familiarity that the Gators have with that noise or is it different since usually the crowd's quiet when Florida's on offense at home? Yeah, so I got two things for you. The first one, um, obviously the swamp gets so very loud. So, I mean, that, I really don't feel like that'll be too much of a factor aside. I mean, even on offense, I mean, there's just so many people at the game. They try to be quiet, but I mean, it's still loud. I mean, so, I mean, I don't feel like that'll be too much of a, too much of an impact or anything like that. And um, and just secondly, um, I mean, AR has been, I mean, I think his first three starts were on away games. And um, I, I feel like he did pretty good on those. And I just feel like maybe he feels less pressure on away games. Maybe not let the fans down, you know, but, uh, I mean, either way, um, I think we'll, we'll be we'll show out. It'll be a solid game, um, especially. Uh, I mean, Napier's a great leader too on away games. I mean, he he's kind of been drilling inside of us, just like there's. It'll be this will be the first time this year with me that you'll see our fans outnumbered, and um, he's and he said we just have to go in there, snatch the momentum fast, take the fans' breath away, and don't let them get involved in the game. So. Yeah, and I, I wasn't going to ask this, but now I feel like I, I should. Uh, with Anthony Richardson, you know, obviously he's struggled this year. What is it as just as far as saying, like, you kind of have to give him a little bit of leeway here. The South Florida game, sure, that one is a rough one. But the first three games that Anthony Richardson started in his career were that Georgia defense from last year, Utah's defense this year, and Kentucky's defenses. You're all three very good defenses. So how do you kind of block that outside noise? And because we know that he's taken responsibility for any struggles he's had. How is it in that locker room kind of trying to uplift him when he's played no easy matchups and he's been just constantly scrutinized? Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, uh, I'm a huge AR believer. Like I, he sky's the limit for him. Um, if he does decide to come back next year, I think the Heisman is the expectation. I mean, but um, I will say it's not just him. I mean, I know when quarterbacks do bad at first, everyone blames it on them. But, I mean, it's not just him. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we can fine-tune to help him perform. Um, but, I mean, he takes the blame, and he doesn't need – I mean, like you would think that he will get down. I mean, he doesn't really get too down. I mean, he holds himself up. He's a leader. He leads us. Um, I mean, sure, we lift him up like any other teammate. I mean, they'll, they'll kind of get a little down. We'll lift him up. But he really doesn't require that much. I mean – He's 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 just a he's a strong leader. He leads by example, and um, he'll get rolling. He proved that in the Utah game. So I mean, it's just a he just uh, as a team, not just him, just hit a little slump. So I mean, I feel like well, I feel like this week we'll bounce back and show um, what, what that Utah form we had. Hopefully, I mean, also with that, I'm I don't want to be rude about it, but that Tennessee defense not great. Um, so so I'll, I'll I'll take shots of them. You don't you don't have to do the talk the trash talk. I will. Um, but I mean, just you personally, you know, you've been in Gainesville for a few months now. Like we mentioned, the first quarter of the season is done for you. The first quarter of your first season is done for you. Who would you say has been kind of the biggest help in getting the younger tight ends like yourself? I know there's a lot on the roster right now, a lot of young tight end talent. But who's been the biggest help in getting the younger tight ends up to speed? Uh, so you're talking like coach-wise or player-wise? But both. Both? Um, okay, so during fall camp, um, um, Napier was Napier told Dante to kind of take me under his wing because I was going to be his, like, you know, um, his next version of him. And uh, he, he helped me a lot. But now, I mean, he's starting. He's busy. So um, you, you're probably not familiar with him. Um, he used to play line. He moved Griffin. Um, he doesn't help me too much on tight end because he's kind of new too. But I mean, he just gives me that veteran look on college and helps me like 
if I have a bad practice or stuff, he'll like kind of show me the bigger picture and stuff. I mean, he's been there for, I think five years now and uh, he, he just knows his way around and he's been helping me out with that. And uh, uh, I mean, coach wise, um, it's kind of a mix. Uh, Piegler, Piegler, I mean, he's our main coach. He's, he's great, but I mean, he can only coach so many of us at the time, you know, we have a deep room. So, I mean, he, he kind of sticks mainly with the starters and the, the twos and, uh, but I mean, uh, but if it's not him, I'd say um, Coach Darlington. Um, he's up in the box during the game, so you, I don't see him on the sideline or anything. But I mean, he's been a big part in the younger guys. Um, definitely during fall camp, helping us with the plays and stuff. Because I mean, it, us messing up was inevitable with that uh, playbook. But I mean, he, he's definitely helped us a lot. Yeah, you mentioned Griffin McDowell. That dude is shredded. Uh, <laughs> I was that's that's the thing I know about him because we, we haven't seen much of him yet. But that dude is. is yeah. Insane. Um, thank you so much, Hayden. This is Hayden Hanson, Florida Gators tight end. And again, you can catch him every Wednesday, Locked On Gators, and every Saturday with the Florida Gators. Thanks for making Locked On Gators your first listen of the day every day. We're available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow where it's crossover Thursday. Joining me is Eric Kane of Locked On Vols. We're going to talk a little trash. We're going to talk a little Florida versus Tennessee. I'm sorry in advance for who I'm going to pick to win the game, but uh, spoiler alert, not Florida. And for Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Mind Sports and GiantsCountryOfSI.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.